Do you aspire to become a responsible leader? How do you see yourself now as a young man? Learning from challenges is one thing, but getting opportunities is another. If you're a young man who wants to learn about personal growth, life lessons, and leadership, tune in to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. Beautiful. Looking good, sir. I like that. Got got the decent little setup right there. Oh, thanks, man. No bad deal. Thanks for coming in, man. This is the first time you and I have gotten to connect. So uh, I've definitely been doing a little bit of a of a dive, but uh, it is an honor to have you, sir. Truly. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I want to give you a, a little bit of context as to to what's going on and why you see a bunch of other handsome faces on here. And then uh, we'll, we'll get the party, get the party rolling and learn a lot about Jefferson. If that's OK. Yeah, let's do it. Beautiful, man. So my partner and I, a gentleman named Tim Kennedy, a lot of gentlemen, uh, a lot of people know who Tim is. He's a wild man, um, but a brilliant man. One of the best humans I know. Um, we have an organization called Apogee Strong. So we've got uh, young men from all over the globe that we mentor. Many of those young men are here with us today. We've got men, we've got women, we've got a young women's program on the way, a home education program. And then we've got multiple K through 12 campuses that we are launching as well. And mom and dad get to go through the training of of Apogee Man and Apogee Woman. So uh, in these campuses are not the the K through 12 campuses that you and I grew, you know, grew up going to. I've had multiple high schoolers making six figures and working degree required jobs while they were in high school. And um, we just we take an approach that's uh, extraordinarily different. Every week we get a chance to meet with the best men on the planet. Uh, so y- you name them, we've had the opportunity to have them here and come in as a guest mentor and uh, this goes out to the, as a podcast to uh, at least a six-figure audience every episode as well, if not seven. So um, wow. it's, it's the best thing on the planet, and I get to do this every week, sir. So, we, And today, we just get to dive into you. And so you and I will chat a bit. These guys will come in, ask some questions, and we'll just have a fun hour. Right on, brother. Looking forward to it. Yeah, not a bad deal, huh? So um, we're going to dive right in, man. You and me, and then again, these young men will come in, and, and they'll make me look... Um, you know, like they'll put me in my place. Uh, they'll, they'll have better questions uh, for both of us and they'll drive that conversation. But we want to dive into you, man. We want to dive into what you're doing, what you're building. Um, but because we have our young men here, I always like to go back in time a little bit. I like to go back to when the guests are 12, 13, 15. And, and they've got, of course, have it all figured out at 13, 14, 15. I know I did. And then I grew up and learned that I knew nothing. So I uh, want to dive into who you were at that age and where were you in the world? What are you doing? Who is that young man? And we'll take it from there. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. 13 years old, you know, I was named after my dad. Jefferson Rogers is a strong name. And he was a, it was and still is just a, an incredible human being. He got hired on the fire department when I was seven years old. So I was around all these incredible men my whole life. Mm-hmm. And my dad, you know, he's uh he's the epitome of a badass firefighter, axe wielding, badass weight lifting, oh. construction working, you know, just the epitome. Man's man. So so I had big shoes to fill. And I was the oldest of four boys. So I got three little brothers. We all got the same initials. JKR. That's what I named the the company after. And, you know, being the oldest, having to live up to my dad's expectations and and the pressure of being named after him was a lot. And later on in life, I 
after going back and kind of reflecting through my my teen years is when you start to kind of understand where all these behaviors come from and like what I was doing and why I was doing it. And back then I wasn't thinking about it. I just kind of went down this path. 13 years old, I drank my first beer and started hanging out with these people I had a lot of fun with, weren't the best influences in my life. I started smoking weed at 14. Mm. And, you know, I've met some great people. I still... I still keep in touch with some of them, the people that I grew up with, but there's a lot of people that kept going down that path and they never got out and they're still doing very similar things as what we were doing when we were 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was, I was heading down that path and you go to a friend's house where their parents are drinking and smoking and partying with you and they're 20, 25, 30 years older. And some people look at it like this. Some people don't. I was lucky enough to kind of have this perspective early and to see these these older people that I, you know, had relationships and I looked up to them in certain ways. But then there was like this awareness. These guys are 25, 30 years ahead of me. And if I'm going to continue down this path, this is kind of what my future could look like. Mm. I'm not all that interested in that. Yep. Yep. That's, is that, were you, re- was it a rebelling thing or was it a because you know we i think you and i are roughly roughly the same. i look a lot older but i think you and i are, are roughly the same age um and i know many of those stories from my own hometown was it a rebelling thing or this is just kind of what the rowdy boys did and and yeah i don't think it was a rebelling thing yeah. you know back in those days we didn't have cell phones we didn't have to check in during the day my mom never knew where i was at she trusted me yeah and i you know, I didn't do a very good job at honoring her trust. And I was out there doing questionable things that she wouldn't have approved of. And I was kind of ashamed of. Yeah. So I kept, I kept that life a secret. Yeah. Yeah. And I I took those habits and those patterns all the way into my marriage because I was ashamed of the things that I was doing and I was, I was hiding them. Mm. And, you know, it was just not a good combination of things. Yes, sir. So, okay. So that's, yeah, I mean, that, that in of itself too is, is a big jump. And obviously there was another recognition that had to take place at some point. You're seeing the pattern as a young man and you're seeing all these people and you're going, look, this may be what the future looks like. And you start to take certain patterns into, into the marriage too. So take us from kind of, okay, I get done with, you know, high school to that marriage, but was it a, was it a traditional, like, Hey, everybody goes to college. So I'm going to college kind of deal. Was it a, I'm going to like, what was that? What was that route for you? Straight out of high school, man. Yep. I started I started college in August, just after I had graduated. Yep. And you know, just kind of following the path. Everybody yeah. had recommended it. I didn't really have any yep. idea of why I was going. I ended up doing fairly well and I met a lot of great people, but I was I was going with no purpose. There was no intention. I was just, just doing generals. Game. And I I spent a lot of money to do it and racked up some student loan debt. And I did two semesters. And by the time two semesters was over, it was like, what the hell am I even doing? I'm not a college person. I don't like, like when I'm in that environment, speaking with the, the professors and the people that have a plan, it just didn't align with, with where I saw my life going, which I wasn't all that goal oriented, but it just, it didn't feel right. Didn't align. Yeah. So I ended up going into construction and smoking weed, drinking alcohol, 
became just a normal, almost daily thing from the time I was 19 until I was 33. So then what changed? So why, why the change? Cause if you've got, you're recognizing this is this, this kind of thing is fascinating to me. And when, you know, we work with these young men in pattern recognition, right? Uh-huh. I mean, that, that is absolutely a superpower. It's part of being an educated individual is understanding the patterns, both the patterns of success and the patterns of failure, mm-hmm. finding out where, you know, you, you are falling in, in both of those, recognizing where opportunities and, and, you know, internal locus of control. Well, where do all these things come together? So you're recognizing patterns. You're clearly, it's it's easy to see you're an intelligent, articulate human, not just by the outcomes you've created, but just speaking with you. So you're seeing these patterns, even at an early age. Uh, if I follow these footsteps, that's where I'm going to go. Um, gosh, I see the people are just kind of here following along this college path. Not exactly what I wanted. So you're seeing some of these patterns and some self-awareness. What shifted the habits for you at 33 what was that shift why so even at, at a young age i'm looking at evan right here wearing his wearing his black wife beater mm-hmm. and evan what are you 19 nod your head if you're 19 he looks like he's 19 maybe even younger yeah he's down <laughs> but at, at those ages you're you're kind of a, a product of your environment. You're just hanging around people and whatever they're doing, you're doing, you even talk like them. I've got a, a great friend of mine that we would, I would call him on the phone and he would say, hello. And then I would say, hello. hello. <laughs> and we, we even talk like each other. Yeah. We wore our hats like each other. He wore his hat to the left. I wore my hat to the right. And we were just doing what we were around. And it was the drinking, the smoking, the way that we talked, the plans that we had. And there was these seeds that were planted along the way since the time I was 15, 16 years old, hanging out with, with people that had dreams and were making goals. And then that as the behaviors repeated themselves over and over and over, there's that shame that came from the, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would never do this stuff around my parents yeah. or my, my grandparents or my aunts and uncles, or even like my cousins, yeah. all these people that I loved, I was ashamed of the things that I was doing with my life. And that went on for years and years and years. And I've, it finally got to a point where, you know, I, I caused a lot of trauma in my relationships and there was enough of those seeds planted that finally it was like, do I really want to continue to go down this path? Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing to my, my health, but I know that this is not good for me. And I was hung over every day. And then there was just one last big incident that happened in 2017 where I, I got my truck impounded and I ran from the cops and, you know, I got an assault charge and I knocked this guy out. I thought I might've killed him. And it was just this really scary, very shameful moment that happened. The last big one. And I was like, man, I just got to be done with this. I'm tired of it. I'm being a bad example to my brothers and my kids and my wife is tired of my ass. I got to do something different. It was a, it was a rock bottom moment. Cause we see that, you know, it's it, again, we, bring in whoever you name you name it we've got this we've got the stories and it's interesting so we'll hear the 
the Andy, you know, Frizzellas and, you know, it's the rock bottom moment and we'll hear Lovell and it's a rock bottom moment. Then we got Bo Nickel and he's like, man, it was never a rock bottom moment. It was, it was never avoiding hell. It was always chasing heaven. Right. And it's, so it's the dichotomy and you've got, we've got young men from all over the world that some of them are, are trying to get away from the hell and some of them are just pushing towards the heaven. Either one can be momentum if you pay attention to that pattern and then take a step to, to make a change. So yours was more of that, that rock bottom shift. And I freaking love the fact that you and I are having this conversation in 2024 and that rock bottom moment was in 2017 because that's not that long ago. And so what you have built, more importantly, who you have become in order to be the person to build what you are building in a short window is phenomenal and takes a ton of intentionality. So you hit that rock bottom moment, 2017, you go, look, things have to change. What did that mean? What did that mean for your relationships? What did that mean in work? Because you and I both know lots of men talk about needing to change. Very few men will actually put their best foot forward and, and make an effort. So what did that look like relationship-wise? What did that look like business-wise? What was like, okay, things need to change. Step one, I'm going to what? It was way different. And it was challenging. It was uncomfortable. The reason that I didn't do it before, because I was thinking about it, yeah. was because of the uncertainty and yeah. how much of my yeah. life revolved around these same patterns and these same habits and all, even all the people that I love to hang around with. Like, what does my life look like without these substances? Yep. It was scary. But what it meant was that all these things that I thought might be possible without the substances, I would never know unless I tried. When I'm heading home at 4.30 every day and I got three and a half hours left of the best time of day to go knock doors and generate business and meet customers, but I'm so distracted by the substances that I'm going home, yeah. that haunted me every day. Yeah. And yet here I am still on my way back home and it's it's playing over and over in my mind, but man, as soon as I smoke some weed and I, I hurry and chug some vodka, yeah, I won't be thinking about that anymore. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was way different. And all of the, the interesting thing about it is that I never thought about this till later, but that the same addictive tendencies and the energy that you have as an addictive, addictive personality are just as powerful mm -hmm. as when you're pointing them at destructive things as when you're pointing them at growth and positivity. And maybe even more powerful because now you've got some serious momentum and you can point all this energy in a direction that you want to go towards your goals and making an impact on people's lives and changing yourself as a human being. And that's why when, when I tell people that I've accomplished what I've accomplished and it was only 2017 when I hit rock bottom, yeah, they're like, wait, wait, what? Huh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But what you just, so two things that you just said right there, gentlemen, that I want you guys to make sure you're taking away because two things right there that think are extraordinarily powerful. You're talking about the uncertainty and, and that's, you know, the uncertainty of, of ambiguity going forward, but it's the uncertainty of freedom. You know, and we've talked about this a number of times, people lean more into the certainty of slavery and because that's more comfortable, right, than the uncertainty of freedom, because of all the personal responsibility that comes with that, because of the fact that if something doesn't work out, even if it's temporarily, the only person you have to blame is right here, right? That's a powerful concept. It's a thing that we all have to come to grips with and, and, and wrestle with. But what you said right there, the power of that pivot, 
all of these things that you had been looking at yourself as a as a weakness, right? The 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 addictive personality. Well, the the villains are usually just as powerful as the superheroes. Their focus is just in a different direction. So it's not even having to change everything about it's changing the direction. That's it. Right? Changing the thing that you're going after. So um, I mean, I have a, I have a, a ton of respect, man to man, from for that as well. So what did you start building at that point? Because I want to I want to share with, with everybody what what you started building here and and what you're doing now, what that focus is now. You know what? I had already gotten my start in sales, mm-hmm. and for for anybody on this call, if you want to have an opportunity to make a high six figure income, you can you can do it. We've seen examples of people going to college and being able to do that, but the path is so much different. Once I changed my habits and I focused my energy in a certain direction with the same vehicle that I was in before, yeah, I increased my income over one year by 5x. And it was, you know, it was 75,000 to over over 300,000 in one year. Mm-hmm. And I, I just started doing more of what I was doing before. Okay. Yeah. This is same. So this is currently same, same position, same role, same job, same opportunity, five X different because of, because of this, not because of an opportunity shift. No. And there's, you know, there's people listening to this call and, and that will hear this later on that are going through the same thing. And they're stuck in these patterns around people that are mediocre and they're putting in the minimal effort Mm -hmm. and they're doing just enough not to get fired, Yeah, but they're already in the opportunity that could bring them an incredible amount of income. Right. But because of the environment, because of the mindset, the habits that they're bringing with them, they're getting the results that they're getting. So all I did was I actually had joined a mentor group. So it was, it was kind of all this stuff where I hit the rock bottom. Two months later, I joined this mentor group and now I'm around all these, these new people and they're very influential to me because I'm hearing these success stories from people that just seem like average and ordinary people. They're just like me. Yeah, but they were a little bit further in the process. They had been exposed to things that I hadn't yet been exposed to. They believed in themselves differently than I did. They had a little bit more experience than I did, and they're making an incredible amount of money. I was like, "What? Like, how was this possible? These people are nothing special. They're making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year." There was one guy that I met that was—he sticks out in my mind because he was an asshole, mm-hmm. and he treated people like shit. Yeah, and he's making like. $18 million a year. It's like, if this freaking guy can do it, I know that I could do it. Yeah. So, so was it more the mindset shift? Was it the eliminations? Because you're talking a lot about the people you're surrounding yourself with too. So I guess, no, this is a better, because the mindset shift is partially taking place because of who you're being around. So do you think it was more impactful and forgive the Socratic educator in me that launches schools around the world? This is how my mind works for you. Is it more impactful to be around the right people or was it more impactful to eliminate the wrong people? I think I had, at that point, I had separated myself from a lot of the wrong people. Okay. So it was extremely powerful for me to be able to get around this group of people that were winning. Okay. Yeah. And the belief, you're right. The the belief, the mindset shift, the yeah. new awareness about what was possible for me yeah. by being around that group changed everything. And it it set this new trajectory for my life because 
I'd never been exposed to that. I, I hadn't ever believed at that level in myself and in my abilities. Yeah. And awful. now it was, okay, I got these distractions out of the way and all I got to do now is increase my activity. So it was very simple in the beginning. It's just like, if I increase my activity doing the same thing that I'm doing and I keep leveling up my skills, man, I can continue to just do this same exact thing, but be able to make a ton more money. And do better. So you're doing more in terms of the communication or the outreach or however that looks as far as prospecting and making the sales. And you said level up the skills too. What did that mean in particular? Was it a like was it a technical skill? Was it a communication skill? Was it skills on following up? Like what were the skills that you had to implement in order to make that increase? So in sales, it's it's so important that first of all you can communicate and that you've got confidence when you're presenting what you're representing mm. that there is just only conviction coming out of your voice. There's never any hesitancy or uncertainty about the value that you're going to offer that person. Mm. So that was one of the skills because I still had some questions Yeah, and mostly because of my own doing yeah. about the activity and it wasn't working for me just because I wasn't putting in the work and I wasn't leveling up and getting better at communicating, building rapport, knowing my product, knowing how to lead people to a decision that I knew that was right for them. So it was kind of a combination of all those things. Plus I was doing, uh, it was called Cardone University. So Grant Cardone does sales training. Yep. And every day for 30 to 45 minutes, I'm doing sales training. So that's when I talk about leveling up your skills, yep. getting around people that are doing it yep. and having an accountability system and then having some training that you can plug into and put on repeat. There was parts of his program that didn't that weren't relevant to me. He's a car salesman. There's a lot of it that wasn't rel relevant in home services. But I found the portions that were and I bookmarked those and I watched them okay. dozens and dozens of times and I wrote them down and I recited them and I recorded myself doing them. So then the next time I was faced with that objection yep. or I was in the close, I didn't have to think about it. It just came out of me. Yep. Yep. Re literally reprogramming. Mm -hmm. Reprogramming yourself. Yeah. Grant, um, Grant's solid shout out to, uh, shout out to Grant on that. He, he and I were shooting messages back and forth a couple of years ago. And I said something about one of the kids at one of my campuses. And, uh, and he says, no, I, he says, I don't believe you. So I shot a picture of the young man with the young man's paycheck and said, here you go, take a look. And he's like, okay, at some point we need to talk about these schools or something different. I said, okay, at some point we will. Okay. I have to back out on that. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's exactly it. You literally reprogrammed yourself the right way. So when did you decide to move forward and start going out and, and building something else too? Now you're building, I mean, you're, repro you're literally reprogramming yourself. You are building the new version of Jefferson Rogers. You are building... It, the the Jefferson 2.0 that better version that's going out there and and just changing everything with the opportunities that are already there. When did you make the decision that okay, not just within this, I'm gonna go ahead and build something else here too. I'm gonna pour myself into something else. What was that mm -hmm. decision like for you? So that was another really scary decision. Yeah, I'd I'd owned my own business before, but it wasn't much of a business. I just kind of owned a job. I was 24-hour roadside assistance for U-Haul, and I did pressure washing. And for me to to do $90,000 in revenue, mm. that wasn't money in my pocket. There's a big difference between revenue in when you are working a job, mm. which is a business essentially, but 
with all the expenses, I mean, I didn't know my books well enough, but I was effing broke. Sure. Yeah. I, I did never want to go back there. Yeah. And what, what appealed to me about sales and in door to door was that I could now take the things that I've learned and I've gotten better and I'm more confident. And then when I had an opportunity to work with somebody else who was trying to do the same thing and they were coming from construction or restaurants, or they'd just been making $15 an hour at a, a medical office mm. and they're like, okay, now this, this is becoming more real for me because you just told me where you came from and now what you're making. And now I got an opportunity to not only help build belief in them that this is possible, but now help them with the skills mm. and teach them the things that I've learned so they don't have to learn them the hard way. They can kind of speed up the process. And in the beginning, I was terrible, especially when it was me as a leader for the other company because I wanted it all done for me. Yeah. And I didn't realize the power of the repetitions that I was getting in mentorship and in leadership yep. until later. But once I started my own business, I just, I went all in on developing myself and I, I never wanted to make somebody feel like that again with yeah. those people that I'd blown out of the water and I made them feel dumb or I called them out on something that just wasn't done tactfully. And little by little over the past six years, that's been one of my main priorities and the things that I write in my goals every day is that I want to be an incredible leader. I want to make people feel special. I want to inspire people. I want to change people's lives. And in those early stages in sales, you may not have that, but if you focus on it, and you spend the time and you're aware of how you make people feel and you make those small adjustments. It's just these little adjustments every day, little by little, you're intentional about leveling up. And, and you look back, like I look back now over the past six years and an incredible amount of progress has happened. Mm -hmm. But in those moments when you're frustrated and you're not sure what to do and you're avoiding a difficult conversation, these things that you need, doesn't yeah. seem like a whole lot's happening. What, um, as, as you've built that, you're talking about that consistency, who have been not what about, I guess, not, not what program, but who, who have been kind of the mentors along the way. And then gentlemen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask him about mentors and anybody he's, he's been staying connected to, if he stayed connected to Grant, if he's staying connected, if he's taking a look at other guys in business, um, we're going to talk about that a, a little bit. And then I want him to be able to tell you exactly what it is he's building, what the day-to-day -day looks like right now, what the, what the organization is that he's built, what they do and, and how they're doing. And then I want you guys to be able to jump in and dive in dads. I know some of you dads are on the call too. Feel free to throw hands up too. I'll prioritize the young men on this one, but um, you guys feel free to jump in. So if you have questions that are that are noodling around up there, get your hand up now and I'll start pulling you guys in in a sec. But as you're building this out and, and the consistency of it all, who are some of the some of the guys you're paying attention to along the way? Who are some of the mentors for you along the way as you're building this? You know what? None of, none of what I've done would have been possible without mentorship mm -hmm. and without investing in myself. And some of you guys are part of an incredible group here and you'll stay connected and you'll be able to make an incredible income, but by yourself, an incredible income isn't all that special. I first got connected with Grant Cardone. I joined a, I joined a mentor program. I invested $1,100. It was the last $1,100 that I had. Mm -hmm. It was a huge commitment. And most people just can't come to terms with investing any money, let alone the last money that they had in the bank account to go and change their lives and, and on the, the chance yeah. it wasn't guaranteed. There was no guarantee, but there was a chance that this could 
be the answer to change my life. And the, and the return on that $1,100 was crazy. And since then, I've spent multiple six figures on coaching and advisors and consultants and mentor groups and masterminds because I saw it. Mm. And I saw how big of an impact that made in my life. So Grant Cardone is one of them. I don't do as much with him anymore. I'm actually heading next month to, or in, in April, I guess it is, to 10X Growth Conference in Miami. Nice. That's really the, the only big event that I still go to. Yep. But I work with guys like Coach Burt, Coach Michael Burt. Mm. He's, a, he's an executive kind of business coach. I've worked with Dave Blanchard. Mm. He wrote all things. Uh, no, no, no. What's it called? He's, he's the CEO for the Augmandino group. Okay. Incredible, okay. incredible human being. He's doing some leadership coaching with some of my team right now. And there's a guy named Kane Minkus. And there's, there's several, several others that I've, I've done work with, but you guys want to level up your lives. Make sure that you're always plugged in to somebody, either a group of people that are farther along in the process than you or an individual and a coach or an advisor. That's, I mean, my, my story wouldn't be what it is today without having invested in myself and mm -hmm. surrounded myself with people that were far further into the process than I was so I could learn from their mistakes. And also kind of, I've, I've designed my life around how those people made me feel and the things that they had done. And I took little pieces of it and I absorbed as much as possible. I got rid of what didn't make sense for me and I applied what did. And I've, I'm basically this product of embodying the, the best things of all of my mentors and all the people that I've been around over the past six years. Bingo. That's the pattern recognition that matters right there. That's how you design. That's how you get around the uncertainty in freedom. That's how you design your path. That's how you forge your path, not find a freaking path. That's how you forge the path right there. That's exactly mm -hmm. it. So give these guys. So I'm going to get uh, Josiah, I'm going to get you in here in just one second. I just want to give these guys a, an idea of what you do. So what are you doing? What is the company doing now? What are you doing? What does the day-to-day -day look like for you? Give, give everybody kind of that. 30,000 foot view of what you've, what you've built and what you have going on. So I started JKR windows in March of 2018. So next month it'll be six years. Yep. And it started with just me. I would go out and knock on doors and I talked to people about energy efficient replacement windows for their home. And these are incredible windows. They got a lifetime warranty, but what they do is they help you save money on your energy bills. They make your home more comfortable. They're aesthetically, they look incredible compared to what their old junker contractor grade windows were. Mm -hmm. And it started with just me. And then little by little, I started bringing people on. The opportunity got better. I've, I've just formed this culture with inside the company that not only that is there an opportunity to make great income, but it's a great place to show up to and people are excited to come, mm -hmm. whether they're in operations or admin or they're part of the sales team or they're the installers. And now it started with just one. And now we've got close to 120 people. We've got over 60 in sales, uh, around 40 or 50 in admin, and around 20 or 40 or 50 in installs and, and around 20 in admin and operations. It's awesome. And we just finished 2023 with 24 million with a goal to do 50 million in 2024. That's rad. So awesome, man. So cool. Congrats on, on all of that success and it's earned. 
um, truly earn. You guys, you. Is it residential and commercial? Mostly just just residential? Just all residential. All yeah, residential. we don't even really do any new construction. It's all right. remodel, replacement windows, and we go to the customer. We do very little as far as like marketing yeah. or Google, Facebook, like reaching out to people and then they're coming to find us. We're, we're going out and finding the customers ourselves. That's awesome, man. What's been the hardest part on the scaling? Is it, is it always, is it people? Is it, is it systems? Um, what have you, in your experience, what's been the hardest part? We've been, you know, I've got an incredible team. So the systems have little by little continued to evolve. Yeah. And it, it, there wasn't ever like this painful process of it. As the awareness came, we're implementing things and we're taking steps in that direction so we can get better yeah. with automations and SOPs and new standards. Yep. The, the people is always in any business when you're by yourself it's easy like you don't have to worry about anybody else you're just chomping away at your at your keyboard and you can make millions of dollars doing that i wasn't interested in that yep. i wanted to get good and i want to be the best leader and communicator on the face of this freaking planet but there was a lot of hang-ups along the way a lot of people that i offended that i wasn't patient with and i've blown a lot of people out of the water but today i you know i'm a recognition guy i don't know if you guys have ever heard of the five love languages but i'm a words of affirmation guy sir and i don't get a lot of that as the ceo of the company but when i do there's these little hints and this validation that jefferson you're making progress as a leader you're no longer leading with fear and the people in this office aren't afraid of you you're you're welcoming and you're inspiring and and I I just want to continue to get better and better as a leader. I love that man. Good man. Good man. That's great stuff. Right, Josiah, let's get you in here, sir. Thank you, sir, for coming on the call. I just want to uh, say real quick what an awesome background you have. I mean, your setup is amazing. And hey, thank you, Josiah. Good to meet you, brother. Nice to meet you too. Um, my question for you is if you could tell your self five um if you could tell yourself one thing with your knowledge right now one sentence what would you tell your old older your younger self my younger self how old are you josiah i'm 15 15 years old yes wow at 15 you know i don't have any regrets and i i would recommend that that all of you live your life without regrets there's there's a lot of things that i've that I, i'm not proud of but at 15 years old if i could it'd be so cool to just be able to step back in time and have a conversation with little jeffy my cousins call me jeffy Thanks. i probably would have said Son, you need to start being a little bit more intentional mm. and start working on some goals for your future. I never, I never had a grasp on that until I was well into my twenties. I love that. Thank you, thank you, sir. You bet, buddy. Thank you for the question. It's wild. Um, it's, it's wild how little we realize 
decisions, even at 15, are going to impact things later on. It's wild uh, how much they can impact things later on. We actually thought it was, it was funny, man, with a with the conversation we had with the gentleman last week. We were talking about the fact that one of the campuses that I, one of the schools that I opened when I lived in California, I ended up getting to serve a whole bunch of of amazing young people and amazing students, which in turn, from a business standpoint, brings in good good money too, right? To be able to to be able to do the things we want to do, because I was kind to their parents when we grew up as kids. Mm. And, and, you know, we weren't even necessarily friends. It was just, we grew up in the same town and then we were in the same school and I stopped one of them from getting picked on at one point. Cause I just saw and thought it was the wrong. So stepped in and, and they remembered that I didn't remember until they said it, but then I had the wow. opportunity to then serve their family, you know, 25 years later. Um, and you just, you never know. And I've had, I've had mistakes too, that have come back in it. Oh, yeah. Somebody's like, Hey, are you still this guy? And I'm like, I was that guy when I was 15. This is 30 years ago. You know, it's, um, but I get it. It's wild, man. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that intentionality, man. Oh, Trey, let's get you in here, sir. Hey, Trey. Morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, thank you for hopping on this call. It was very neat to hear that story. Um, I have a couple of friends that unfortunately are taking that path of, you know, the weed and the drinking and whatever. And so I, I'm very privileged to have a family that goes very against that. And I've been taught very well and I give credit to them, but I want to know if you had grown up. Well, I don't, I don't want to say the way I grow up, grew up, but if you grew up without having any of that, what were what would be some tips on to get better? Say you were where I'm sorry, I don't know how to word this. No, I think I know which okay, yeah. Like if you were you this. when you were younger, uh-huh, where would you be now? And how would you get there? So a recommendation, a suggestion that I have for anybody. I know a lot of people that have grown up like you, Trey. And you know what? Some of them turn out incredibly. It's a, it's a path that you can continue to follow. And there's this just steady pace that you can stay on and you're driven and you're motivated and you're around great people and you got great examples and you follow the path. But if you want to accelerate the process for yourself, because for me, it took me until I was 33. I had a lot of life experiences and I got to experience life differently than maybe you will ever experience life because I was doing a lot of questionable stuff. And I was hanging around questionable people. I I saw things likely that you will never see. So that made me who I am. And that's why I don't have any of the regrets. Because I wouldn't be who I am without those things. But for you to accelerate the process, for you to be able to go out there and make an impact and use the things that you do have, because you still have this unique story that can impact people's lives. And you can be proud of where you've came from but you want to really accelerate the process, go and start putting obstacles in front of yourself and figure out how to overcome them. And then as soon as that one's done, you got to plan for the next obstacle and the next challenge. You know, Matt brought it up earlier that you're, you're forging this path for yourself and you're forging who you are going to become with the ultimate goal of you having lived a life 
that at the end of your life, you can have no regrets and you're so proud of everything that you've done. And, and looking back, you're going to be like, you know, what? I, there was nothing else that I could have done better. I, I left it all on the table. I did challenging things. I put myself out there. I took risk. I made an impact on people's lives. And you could be proud of where you came from, Trey. You don't have to come from a background like I came from to do something great with your life. Mm-hmm. Just go make sure that you're being intentional about the challenges that you put in front of yourself. Because without the challenges, without being able to overcome uncertainty and huge, huge difficulty in your life, you're going to be average and ordinary. Mm. All righty. Thank you, sir. Oh, you bet, Trey. buddy. That's a lot of that's a lot of wisdom right there, Trey. It really is. Um, those those are it's a prerequisite. You know, if you're looking at the if you're looking at, at the ingredients to make, you know, a, a dish and and you take one of the main ingredients out, you don't get the final result that you're looking for, man. You just, you know, you're going to bake a cake and you got no flour, you got no eggs, you got no, it's not going to turn out. And and that uh opportunity to earn resilience through overcoming those challenges is it's prerequisite, man. It's just, that's par for the course for being able to go out and make the impact that I know you want to make Trey, you know, there's this, there's a great book. Um, and we actually utilize in our year two with our men, there's an op, we do an operation anti-fragile. And so there's a book called, um, anti-fragile and the difference guys between, fragile something drops what happens if it's fragile it drops it breaks and you ask most people what what's the opposite of that and they'll say oh it's like resilient right if you drop it it doesn't break and that's great there's a certain level there but Trey what what Jefferson is talking about there is when you continuously put those obstacles in front of you and you make that a habit you get past just the resilient part you get to the point where when something happens and you drop it makes you better. That's what anti-fragile is, right? It's not just I'm resilient and I'm okay. It's I got hit with this and I got better. That's what we're talking about here. And that's what Jefferson has done with his own circumstance in his own life. He's continued to get better. The more dings he's taken, the better he's getting. Evan, let's get you in here, sir. Evan, this is your first call, I believe, sir, Yeah. Yes, it is. Welcome, sir. Glad you're here. All right. What's so, up, Evan? Hey, how you doing? Hey, doing okay, good, I man. I shouldn't be saying that. Okay. Let's just get to the question. My question is, since um, when you're 15, were you thinking by the time I hit 20, I'll just, I'll quit all that, all that stuff, all the bad stuff, and I'll sober up by then? And then when you're 20, you're thinking, okay, by 25, I'll sober up and I'll stop all that. And then you're 25 and you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's been 10 years, you know? A lot of time has passed by. Yeah. I've seen people at this point and I thought, oh, I'd never get there. You know, yeah. I'd stop. There's no way. And then you, you're there and you're like, wait a minute. What is wrong? You know? Yeah. Did you ever feel like that? You know what? I didn't, when I say that I didn't put a whole lot of thought in my future, I never had any of those thoughts, man. I was, like I said earlier, I was a product of my environment. Nobody else was having those types of questions. 
mm-hmm. nobody else was holding me accountable. Nobody else was challenging me. So I never did have those thoughts. I wish that I would have. So if you're having those thoughts right now and you're 15, it's a great place to be. One thing that I would suggest for you, Evan, is you got your whole life ahead of you, buddy. 15 years old. I'm 40. At 15, it did seem like it was just yesterday. It goes by so fast. But you got so much life to live and so many experiences to go out there and just pour yourself into and get the value out of it. And your your thought process is, is a lot different than mine. But if you can focus it in a direction and use all that mental capacity that you have, but don't let it deter you from experiencing, because I know a lot of very, very intelligent people that have a hard time experiencing life because they're so busy thinking about life. Mm-hmm. Go out there and, and pour into every experience that you have. Don't overthink stuff. Those experiences that you get in life are going to mold you and they're going to create an incredible life for you. Mm. We're, and really, we're just here. So it's a flicker, dude. Before you know it, you may not ever even remember this, but you're going to be 70 years old before you know it. And you're not going to be able to do the types of things physically that you can do now. Your mind's not going to work as good and your, your things are going to be a lot different at 70, but you got this period of time in your life where you can go and experience. And if you think too much, you won't have the same opportunities. Mm. Mm. Thanks for the uh, answer. You got um, brother. That was deep. It was good. It was good. It's something that, that down so you can remember. Somebody it. that's been through a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what he just said right there, right? And these, this, these are the kind of things I take notes. I have, a, I mean, I get pages of notes on all these, and we'll talk about this when we do our debrief, Evan. But uh, so many, so many notes through all the the great men we've had an opportunity. And this is, you know, there there are certain things that that Jefferson just said right there. Um, that I wrote down that concept of being where your feet are, right? Focusing on where your feet are right now, being right there matters. The fact that, you know, and I've said this to you guys before, but men and young men, um, I, I truly don't believe we overthink. Uh, I have men that say, oh, I'm an overthinker. No, you're an underactor. You're not, you're not doing right now now you're you're that that's the problem if you start the doing it'll alleviate the need to just think and contemplate sometimes it'll it'll lessen your need to do that but the the way you frame that question too i, I really like this because i think a lot of men do this all right well i'm 15 right now but when i'm 20 right or i'm 20 right now but when i'm 25 weak men always choose tomorrow and i want you to understand how damaging this thought process can be let's say you're 15 and let's say you're shooting 100 free throws every single day you're 100 shooting 100 free throws next day shooting 100 free throws right you're you're training your body you're training your mind i'm going to shoot these free throws and and you're going to get better because you're doing it every single day but in your mind you're like ah i'm going to shoot free throws every single day but when i'm 20 i'll make sure i'm worse at free throws that doesn't make any sense. You're literally practicing free throws every day. So of course at 20, you're going to be better. Well, if you're living with a lack of intentionality and you're acting like a, you know, a, a monkey every day from 15 to 20, or when you're acting like a monkey every day from 20 to 25, with the thought that all of a sudden at 25, I'm just going to change and be better. 
that's crazy. You just spent five, 10, 15 years practicing being a monkey. You're still going to be really good at it. So the thought that you're going to switch that is not realistic, right? So you want to be in the habit of practicing now being the person that you think you want to be. You may shift it, but the intentionality of practicing who you want to be, it starts right now. And the earlier you get on that train, that whole concept of compound interest, the earlier you get on that train, the better. Yeah, really good. Good question, sir. Really good. Thanks, Evan. Yeah, really good. Caleb, let's get you in here, sir. I want to start off by thanking you, Mr. Rogers, for coming on and pouring into everyone here. It's much appreciated. Absolutely, Caleb. So my Thanks question... for having the guts to raise your hand. Mm. For sure. So my first question, well, my question is, when you hit that rock bottom area, was it a black and white switch or a gradual increase to where you are today? And yeah. I'm not comparing yourself then to yourself now. I'm comparing more of the mindset to getting better every day. And how did you cut out those bad habits if you still had an incline to go back to them? Okay, Caleb, if you had to guess, did you think, would you think that it happens just like you have an epiphany and there's just a flip that's a switch that flipped? Or do you think that it has to happen gradually? I think progress can happen gradually, but toward working to something, there's a lot of times where it is, it's a decision. It's a yes or no decision. Am I going to do this today or am I not going to do this today? That's mm -hmm. more of what I'm asking. So, yeah, I think you're, you're right in that I did make a decision and it was like I, I, flipped a switch with a decision, but all those other things had to happen gradually because it wasn't like I flipped a switch and then all of a sudden all those bad habits that I'd been doing for years were just going to go away. Little by little, being a part of people that were doing different things with their life and seeing that there were different things possible and having examples of different habits and disciplines slowly helped me to make those changes in my life. One of the first things that I did was I started waking up a little bit earlier. As a salesperson, a lot of times you can make your own schedule and I could show up on the doors whenever I wanted to. So I would get up at you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock, and the sun's been up for a couple hours. And just little by little, I started implementing these new habits in my life. And as the new habits started to get implemented, there wasn't room for bad habits anymore. I still carried bad habits with me and, and it haunted me. There's, there's still like this, a little bit of, um, I'm not sure even how to put it, but like this addictive behavior that I have is still there. And I'm around alcohol all the time. My wife has this bottle of whiskey in the, in the pantry. And she used to not be able to keep any alcohol around the house. She couldn't have wine. She couldn't have anything because I'd drink it. Like it, it couldn't be there for more than one day. So there's all of this that, that had to slowly make progress, and it just starts with one. We have this tendency to write down all of our goals. Be like, I'm going to do some incredible things this year. Look at my list of goals. 
But you also got to realize that for you to be able to accomplish those goals, you have to make room in your life and in your habits right now for the new goals and the new disciplines. And you just start one step at a time. And you guys got to start today. Like if you're thinking about it, Evan, if you're thinking about something that you want to get started on, but you haven't quite done it yet, Matt just said it. Weak men always wait till tomorrow. You want to go do something special with your life? And you know that there's things that don't align with who you are and the example that you want to be to the people around you and it wouldn't make your parents proud? Start today. Get to work on it. And it doesn't have to be all of it at the same time. Just start little. Do one push-up, read one page, get up a little bit earlier, 30 minutes, and these little steps that you take, repeated consistently over time, make the, make the difference. And then you just start stacking more and more and more. Appreciate that answer, sir. Thank you. You got it, Caleb. Caleb, were you were you on with us when Frank Grillo came on? No. Your Frank. So when Frank was on, part of the, what he was talking about, we we're talking about why most businesses fail, right? And the 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 numbers of of small businesses and and how many, you know. So it's the the whole concept of well, starting business for yourself is risky, and it's all because this percentage fails. And he said something very similar to what Jefferson says. The businesses fail. It's not. Do you think ninety percent of businesses are are bad ideas? Do you think people are that dumb? They're not that dumb. Businesses don't fail at that rate because the idea was bad or the opportunity was bad. They fail at that rate because people start taking the small steps. What Jefferson was just saying right there, and they take it two days in a row, and then they take a step the third day and the fourth day. But then by the fifth day, they're like, ah. Maybe I'll take the fifth day off. I'll go ahead and take the sixth day off. And it, or they say, this ain't working. It's been five it, days, and it's like, this ain't even working. And it's not working. That's exactly right. So they quit too early. You've got a, a inspiring individual right here in front that has shifted his entire life in really short order, like a short amount of time. But in that short amount of time, he had to every day, even when he didn't feel like it, get up and go put that next, you know, get that next step forward. You do that long enough, it ends up being this momentum train that you literally can't stop. You know, that's the way it is. Yeah. Really good question, Caleb. Really good. Let's see. We got, got a couple more. So we'll get these last. I want to make sure we honor Mr. Rogers time too. So we'll get Beckett and then uh, we'll have Mr. Michael Moore round us out there. Mr. Beckett Wells. Good to see hey, you. Hey, Beckett. Hello. Good to see you, sir. I was wondering that like Mr. Bedreau was talking about like the, some people like say, Oh, I'll wait till tomorrow and stuff. And sometimes I find yeah. myself doing the lazy and like saying i'll do it tomorrow and i was wondering your advice on like getting yourself out there and doing it and like doing hard work and getting after it yeah how old are you beckett i'm 13 13 wow you start you start any jobs yet you start working um no sir but um, my mom started like a small little school and they partnered with these people. So I'm helping at like a, kind of like a ranch ish, like every Monday. So I go out and like feed the animals and help them out there. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
I read this quote. You guys got to read this book. It's such a good book, especially at your age by Pat Williams. It was a friend of mine that recommended to me and it's, it's an easy read and it's such a great message about Michael Jordan and his leadership style and the dedication and discipline that he had to be so great. It's called how to be like Mike. Mm-hmm. And there was a quote from that book. And Pat says, the, the majority of people are waiting around for somebody to come out of the woodwork to inspire them to be the person that they wish that they could be. So the, the, what I got from that is don't wait around for somebody to come inspire you or to, to motivate you to be the person that you wish you, you could be. Nobody's coming. Nobody's going to do it. There's nobody that's going to put a hand out and help you. You've got to go do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And the motivation, motivation is fleeting. It, it comes and goes. But if you start right now, Beckett, at building great habits and discipline and surrounding yourself with great people, there's, there's no problem with having some setbacks and learning some hard lessons. I learned lots of those. But man, you want to go do something great with your life and live a great lifestyle, start writing down what you want your life to look like. And if you, I've got a, like a very similar question to what Josiah had. If you were 50 years old, imagine the life that you would have lived between now and 50 years old and your family and your career and the vacations that you've taken, the things that you've been able to experience in life. And what would you want that to look like? And then break it down all the way to the daily habits that you got to start today that are going to help you start working in that direction. And listen, it's going to change. Like mine change on a weekly basis. But this is a great practice for everybody on this call to get into, whether you're a son or a a father. You get into the habit of building your own life and being intentional about the things that you want and then starting today on the little steps that are going to lead you towards that. When it comes to your work ethic and the way that you treat people and the experiences that you're going to have, the the relationships that you're going to establish, the opportunities that are going to come your way, you have more control over your life and your opportunities than you think you do. You can create a life for yourself. And at 13, you know, this might... It might go over your head, but dude, I want you to start thinking about that. I, at 13, I didn't ever have anybody tell me this. You guys have such a cool opportunity to be in this group and to be mentored by a guy like Matt. So take it seriously. Write, start writing out. You don't have to do it every day, but start writing out what your lifestyle design plan is, what you want it to look like, and then start visualizing it and taking steps in that direction. And all you guys go and do, just like Matt said, you've got to go out there and act. It's okay to be a thinker as long as you're also going out and experiencing and doing. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you for, you for the, the recommendation. I love the mindset of Michael Jordan and like, just, I love basketball. I have a basketball game tonight. Like, right on, Beckett. I You'll love that game. book, buddy. Good luck on your basketball game tonight, man. Go be aggressive. And be like Mike. Yes, sir. Thank you. Love it, man. Love it. I want to make sure we're on your time. Are you okay with one more here? We got Mr. Yep. Michael. 
Mark, you good? Yep. Let's go, Michael. Awesome. Thank you. Mr. Morris, get you in here. Hey, happy birthday to Rhett. Yeah, man. Thank you, Matt. Happy birthday to Loudon as well. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you, Jefferson, for jumping on. Thanks for pouring into these young men. I look like I'm the opposite of Matt. I look like one of the young men, but I'm a dad. Um, and uh, about a year ago, started my uh, home services residential cleaning business. Um, we are very much working to leverage time so that we can pour into things that we're really passionate about. The thing that I started similar to you, just started knocking on doors, got quite a few customers in our neighborhood now at this point. But as we leverage time and have more financial resources, trying to figure out where the door knocking still fits in to the Yelp ads and the Facebook ads and things like that. It sounds like you guys have stuck with that uh, approach of, of door knocking and everything that's worked really, really well for you. Um, and I hope this is of value to the young men too, because I think many of these young men could go out tomorrow and start a mobile detailing business or or a business like that and, and do really well with the same things that you're talking about. Um, but just curious, as you carve out your activities and where you spend your time and your money, uh, what your thoughts are around how to do that well. How much revenue did you guys do last year? So we, uh, let's see, we were at uh, right around 30,000. So pr pretty low, pretty, pretty new. We're still definitely 30,000 last year in your first year. And is that your, is that your primary income source? Or you have another income source? No. So I have a W2 as well. Uh, okay. but we're looking to over the long term, hopefully not have to depend on a W2 on top of that. Okay. It's time to turn it up, Michael. All right. So for me, I, when I first started my business, I went to one of those BNI groups. It was like a networking group. Mm -hmm. And that was not for me. Mm -hmm. There was, there was a, there was a, a house or uh, a residential cleaning company there. And there were insurance agents and there was like an awning company. And, uh, uh, there was, there was a couple of these companies and I went in and I was talking to people, told them what my approach was and knocking doors was so far out of everybody's comfort zone that they would rather show up to a networking event on the chance that they might get a referral from somebody than go out there and do the real work and take things into their own hands and be able to have more control over their pocketbook. And most people aren't willing to do that. So if you truly want to make an impact on your income and your ability to live a better lifestyle and to, to be an example to your wife and your kids, they need to see that you're willing to do absolutely anything to make this work. It's not just a hobby. This is, this is going to change our life. And $30,000 with all your expenses, you know, that barely paid for your gas for the year. So you want to, you want to really turn that up in 2024, take more control over your marketing strategy and go out and get in front of customers, start, start thinking about what it looks like a year from now, two years from now, you want to build an organization, not just a, a one man band when it's you and a couple of people, and there's not much of a culture to be a part of. So you got turnover and nobody's going to stick around long enough for you to ever build anything. You got to have a vision and you got to start becoming the leader that people are going to want to work for and be a part of this culture that you've developed. And, you know, just like replacement windows this is nothing special. I'm not, I'm not building a replacement window company. I'm building a career 
and a culture for people to be a part of and to be excited about. We are a people development company and we just happen to do windows. And if you take that same approach, you want to build something special, you want it to replace your W-2, go out and start building a vision for what you want to have and a culture to be a part of, the leader that you want to become so you can start attracting incredible people into your business. And five years from now, I'm here because I want to be here and we've got big goals, but I took an entire year off. I was here like maybe 10% of the time. I built a business where I don't even have to be here and it continues to grow. That's what you want, Michael. Not to just create a job for yourself like I had with my pressure washing company where if I stepped away, the faucet turns off. No, that's that's incredibly helpful. I, and part of it is I think I sometimes put the cart before the horse of trying to make it not a job even in the early stages that I'm in. So we are, you know, we have contractors that we work with and things like that. Yeah. Um, but that can get me into more of a backseat mode. And that's not what I, where I want to be at. The same Dude, time. you can't, you can't take your foot off the gas until you've built something. And then even, even then you gotta, you gotta continue to develop your people and make mm-hmm. an impact and use your vision to continue to grow the company. And I worked 18 hour days for the first two years of my business. I didn't even think about taking a vacation or like, you know, freeing up some time for myself. Mm -hmm. That was a goal two years from now when I started that great. Once I put in all this upfront work, it's going to be crazy. I communicated it with my wife because I was like, you're you're probably not going to see me much over the next two years, but that's the amount of work that it takes. Most people aren't willing to do it. And that's why 95% of businesses fail. And, and the rest of them don't make that much money because they're just not willing to put in the work and develop themselves and to build something special for people to want to be a part of for it to ever make that big of an impact in your life. And you don't want just a, a side gig, Michael. You want to you want to change your life, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, The even, even the way you frame it, Michael. Um, well, hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll, I'll, surpass the w2 mm. right yeah, I, yeah that's a that's a different deal i think you go out there i got a, I got a good book recommendation for you michael yes sir i just came out with this one yeah buddy mm. on halloween it's called all in get unstuck accelerate and go further faster and it's, it's the philosophies, the methodologies that I've developed over the past six years that helped me really accelerate the process for myself and inspired by a book that I read that helped kind of switch things for me and start thinking differently about what was possible and the activity that was going to be necessary for me to grow something special and not just have another job that I was the owner of. Mm-hmm. That's not what I wanted. And I don't think that that's what you want. No, sir. I'm all in, man. Thank you. All in, brother. Thank you family mission right there. I love that. So where do people find that book? I want to make sure we do. So here's what we're going to do, man. I'm going to, um, I want to make this, this has been freaking ton of fun. I want to make sure people know where to get the book, where to find you. I want to know how we as an organization can support you. Uh, and then I'm going to be taking these guys through a, uh, a debrief exercise for the, for the remainder of this current hour. Um, and then I'm going to shoot you a message um as well man because i want to be able to continue to to just support you in any way that we can and, and keep the conversation thank you, Matt. thank you so the book you can find me on instagram that's where i 
I have the most activity and I answer all of my messages. So if, if you guys have any more questions, reach out to me on Instagram at Jefferson K Rogers. I'd, I'd love to continue the conversation with those of you who either ran out of time or were a little bit nervous to raise your hand. When I was 13, you would never catch me effing raising my hand. I had so many questions, but I was just too nervous to do it. So the DMs is a great way to do it. You guys, if you have questions, reach out to me. I'd love to be able to help. Grab the book on Amazon. Just type in all in Jefferson Rogers, and it'll pop up right there at the top. The Audible, I just actually got confirmation that the Audible is ready, but they're still going through the process of approving it. So you, you'll be able to listen to it. I narrate it myself. And then uh, my, my main priorities right now, I've got a couple of strategic priorities. JKR Windows is number one. Yes, sir. We did 24 million last year. We're going for 50 million in the next four years. I want to be at 200 million. And what excites me is not the money. It's the, the people that I'm going to be able to impact and the leader that I'm going to have to become to mm. be able to hit 200 million. Mm. That's what excites me. Mm. And it's not as much about the goals, you guys. It's about who you have to become to reach those goals. Yep. That's exactly, and that's exactly why you'll hit it, man. It's exactly why you'll hit it because it is that mindset. That is, that's the thing that is going to get you there is that the fact that you're excited to lead in that way and to grow in that way. That's what assures those goals are going to get hit, man. So um, it's freaking fantastic, man. Thank you for, for the honor of your time and, and for getting to chat. Um, I'm going to reach out to you as well. I'm going to shoot you a message too. Um, we'll put all that stuff in the, in the notes. We'll make sure everybody knows where to get you on IG, make sure the book's out there. Um, but we'll keep this conversation rolling, brother. Right on, Matt. Thank you. Appreciate it again for having me on. It was great to meet y'all, all you guys. Trey, Evan, Josiah, Michael. Thank you guys so much for having the guts to raise your hand, ask the questions. You guys are all meant to do great things. You got to take it into your own hands. Go do something special with your lives. True story. Gentlemen, give a big thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You have now taken the step to becoming a great leader of tomorrow. Join the Apogee program by visiting www.apogeestrong.com. For inquiries, contact us 916-728-0606 or email matt at apogeestrong.com. Thank you for listening to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. Stay tuned for more episodes.